Welcome to the Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast, bringing people together through collaboration, creativity, and community all through the arts. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm your host, Maureen Buscarino, and I hope to inspire you and to help you discover amazing music and artists from around the world. I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. Breton Harper, Tristan Ligovic, is an accomplished musician who is considered one of the leading Celtic harpers in the world. He loves mixing traditional music with jazz and is constantly learning. At the moment, he is writing his doctoral thesis on Breton harper Kristen Nogues, whose playing influenced his own. He is also a sought-out teacher of the harp and has published the Breton Harp Anthology, which is a unique collection of three music books featuring the best harpists in Brittany. My interview with Tristan was recorded on June 4th, 2020, via Zoom from his home in Brittany. Since then, Tristan has welcomed his daughter Lena into the world. Tristan also has a new album, Dance, Historical and Modern Dances from Here and There. You can purchase it from Tristan's website. I would love to hear from you, so drop me a line at info at moonoverthetrees.com or find me on Instagram at moonoverthetrees. I am also launching a beginner harp program um, in October that I am super excited about. Enjoy this fun interview with Tristan. Tristan, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah. Um, hi, I, hi, good, good. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's nice to, you know, how, how are things in, in Brittany? Oh, well, um, Brittany is quite warm at the moment. Uh, today it's a bit coolish, a bit more. So it's nice because uh, we've, we missed that hot weather for years. So to, this year it's quite warm. So it's nice. It's getting nice. Uh, and of course, with the, the situation, with the, the, the global situation, the, the, we've all been locked down for a few weeks, um, almost two months, I think. So it's been a kind of a release that we can get out a bit and not be con- uh, have to stay home and just do what, our own business. But it's nice to have social links as well. So it's, uh, it's getting a bit better. And I think with summertime, it, it will be definitely better. Oh, good. Yeah, I hope so. It's it's interesting uh, at this time that oh, something could link all the world for mm-hmm. with the same actor. I mean, the same same thing happened to all of us. So it's uh, sometimes we 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 have a different event or something in in the country that nobody knows in the world. But all of a sudden, this particular situation was the same for everybody, and mm-hmm. we all did the same thing. I think so. It's uh, quite a very unique thing in the world. That's not been happened for years. Yes, I agree. I think you wound up pre- appreciating little things more, like being able to see music live or, you know, um, yeah. being able to go to the park in a group of people, like things that you never thought that you would miss. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I, I, the people we missed and uh, all the links and the links and things. So it's, uh, we, as, as we said, we really appreciate that more, much more now. We know that we missed them. Yes, yes. And I think a music um, is getting people through 
I, I think a lot of this too. So I think people are turning to the arts and music and it's not the same for the artist, but I think that's the life of an artist is to find new ways around situations too. So yeah, and, and I think uh, with this situation, people probably understood better that it's very important for them to to have to play instrument or to do art at home, to have something personal and not only work. You know, going to work every day, mm. and uh, we see that very well in in, in Brittany. Many people just realize how important it is their private life to have a real private life. Mm. I mean, beside the work. Uh, which probably people, many people forgot that is that's not all to have just work. I mean, family, of course, but your own private life doing something different. Because when you look down as we were for weeks, what um, if you have a house and a garden? It's okay, you can go out. But for people living in in apartments, it was very difficult. So if they had instruments that, or painting or writing. That probably helped a lot. And I think people realize that, how important it is. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm sure it would be more difficult for me to get in touch with you if you were out touring and everything, too. So, um, yes. <laughs> so I, I am, you know, I mean, that's one good thing, you know, that has come out of this. I've been able to yeah. talk to you and to, yeah. uh, to Rachel Hare and a bunch of other artists from all yeah, over. I, I think so, I've never been so much at home yeah. for, for years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking to Maeve Gilchrist and she was saying the same thing. So she's enjoying being home for now, you know, until yeah. she gets a tour again. So Something we're not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I do I do have um I do want to ask you about your your PhD that you're studying. Yeah. Um Yeah, but that's part of of <laughs> things that I, I could do as well, you know, because uh, I started two, two years ago. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm working on a, on a PhD, which is uh, on the Breton harp player, Christian Noguès, uh, who, who passed away uh, uh, 13 years ago. Uh, she, she, was, mm, she was probably... Not as known as Alan Stiebel, you I think all the, all the Celtic harp players and, and folk musicians that they know about Alan Stiebel because of uh, what he did for the revival of the Celtic music in the world. So everybody uh, heard his music and not, not so much about Christian uh, Nogues, who was almost the same generation as he was. As he is, he's still alive, Alan Stiebel. And uh, but she 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 chose a, a very different path with uh, mixing with uh, folk and traditional contemporary music and and also jazz music in the eighties. And because of this very particular mixture of music, and uh, she made a very unique sound, a very very unique particular music in in the history. And that's that's she she also was very creative in and. Uh, Many musicians today in Brittany inherited from what she did, the uh, mix between jazz music and, and traditional music, for instance. Uh, that wasn't something very, in the 80s, that was very, very new. And nobody really followed a, a, a path at that time, till, till now, actually. Now we regard her music as something very unique and very uh, like a pioneer. In that in that matter, and she also developed the electro harp, 
uh, that's uh, with Adam Panot. She didn't develop it, but she was pioneer of the Cam- the Kamak electro harp in the 80s, the middle of the 80s, and um, that instrument as well developed a very. She developed a very unique sound with this instrument mixing with all the electronic effects of uh, of the 80s. Um, that that was always something very new. Uh, now we are more we are more used to it. It's more common. But she did that forty years ago mm. almost. Uh, that's quite something. And uh, yeah, and I, I'm my PhD is on on the evolution of her music because it's kind of a unique repertoire that she kept. Uh, she kept playing the, her music. I'm going to say, despite the changes of musical moods and thing of, of and uh, fashion, I should say, and uh, she uh, she had this very uh, very interesting way of uh, changing the uh, music or compositions, same tune with kind of folk tone or a jazz tone or a more uh, new age tone, a different different times in in in, in history which somehow it's like uh, describing describing yeah the history of of music in the in, from the 70s let's say yeah beginning of the 70s till uh, beginning of the, the 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 21st century so that's a very interesting music for that that matter mm-hmm. I, I remember i was uh, i was 16 years old when i met kristen uh, it was at the beginning of the 90s, and um, I, I met her. I was I came to a workshop. I heard of her, but I never met her at that time. And uh, she was very friendly first. I mean, that's the kind of person you would say, oh, you want to spend the, the evening with her, just chatting and having good chat and talking of things, uh, sometimes very deep things, and sometimes very funny as well. Um, well, often very funny person as well. She was a very, very unique person for that. And everybody says how how enjoyable it was to be with her and uh, and uh, yeah and when I, I met her it was in a workshop and starting to play mu- music and things and and I all of a sudden discovered a new a new world of sound i'd never heard and this kind of harmony that she was composing was totally different to me i never heard of that music before and a, a approach of music was very unique to me so that definitely, definitely inspired me a lot. And uh, I would say particularly in the way of the space, the space and time she used. And uh, we have to, it's better to, her, to hear, to listen to her music, to understand how she used the space between the notes. Mm. It's something very unique. And uh, for my PhD, I'm, I, I'm talking, I do a lot of interviews of jazz musicians, very great musicians in the world. And lots, most of them mentioned that space in her music that she had and the, the capacity of her to understand that musicians need places in this, in this uh, space to, to, to just to exprime yourself, to say, okay, I'm, you, can you play my music, but now show yourself what is your music in my music can you do something from your characteristic within my music and and i think our music was very unique for that that there is a, there was lots of spaces for the, the other musicians and they loved it mm. obviously 
I think it's it's all about the breath, you know. Like in um, yeah. in Japanese music, they talk about uh, the johaku, and it's about the um, that space in between the notes, and then uh-huh. that that breath, you know. And and even in um, you know, if you listen to the traditional fiddling, like all around Ireland, the same tune sounds so different depending on the player because it all depends uh-huh. on on the lift mm-hmm. and that that breath, and you can feel and hear. You know, like you said, it's individual, um, like spirit in in the music. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and, and especially in jazz, like when you're trading eights and you're back and forth with your you know other musicians, you really have to be listening to each other and having that whole communication through the music, which is mm. you know so personal. You know, um, it's not just the. Notes. I think it's yeah, it's something she learned, particularly a meeting jazz musician. Mm. Uh, in the 80s, when when definitely she moved uh, from from the folk world towards the the jazz world, uh, which is really her 80s period, and then then she you know jazz is really it's of course all music is about meeting, but jazz music particularly it's a unique moment on stage where musicians met and. Uh, exchange music and listen to the others to to improvise to for improvisation things so that's something probably she learned at that time mm. and uh, it's still very true in music because now in Brittany for in music many many musicians today keep that spirit of music of sharing of course mm. and let improvisation happening in the music even in in the traditional uh, music there's more improvisation yes. oh yes it's it's quite something uh, there is a, of course um, in the folk music it's not as about improvisation but we could we still talk about uh, arrangements and ornamentation thing like that so we not we we uh, we share the same uh, spirit of music that we're not writing down the music uh, we have to understand that there is like, um, uh, you know, they call, in jazz music, they have chords and just just a theme, and something, but that's not, what is written is not important. That's not the point. That's what we do with that. It's where, where, where is the point? And traditional music, it's about the same with the idea of, okay, we have a rhythm, like a dance, for instance. It's easier to understand with the dance uh, part of the music. In dance music, we know that we need to keep that for the dancers. Mm. But beside that, it doesn't matter if you, if we play a C or a D or eight notes. It's really about the steps for the dancers. Mm. And that musicians understood that very well. And probably, of course, before the jazz music, uh, um, before Breton music, musicians started to play jazz music. We have that. We had that in our music as well. That we know that we do. We have to do variations. We have to add ornamentation mm. that are not written on that. And that's it's a kind of improvisation at the, the while we're performing on stage. So that's that's definitely a, a, a strong link as well with jazz music that we could share and we understand it as better because we know this. We have the same approach of music mm. and, the, and the the oral history of or the uh, the sharing just by ear and off of the page so that same yes uh, exactly like the lineage too 
from yeah, player to player. You know, it's um, I, I like to make uh, I like when we speak about music to make links between the music because we're not one is not black and the other one is not white. We're all different, and it's more like a scale. And I think even in classical music, classical music, when we talk about classical music, they are all going to talk about interpretation. And for instance, if we go to Baroque style, it was the same way of arranging music. So you have few notes written down, mm -hmm. but that's not all. We need to learn, to learn the tradition, how to play that. And that's something very uh, interesting to make uh, connections. Oh, sure. Yeah, with figured bass and, and Bach and Mozart, and, and they were all, and Chopin were amazing at improvisation that, you know, I think a, a lot of like classical musicians are uncomfortable with in general um yeah no yeah. I, I suppose it's part of the culture as well i mean uh, we music it's not just playing what what is written down that's what we need to learn it's about understanding how it works it's a code mm. and and through the music you can see where people have traveled too so like you're saying in Brittany now, you can hear the jazz influences and you can see how that sort of like made its way because the tradition's fluid. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not static. It just keeps moving and changing and with the people, which is amazing. Yeah. But and your, your own playing too. I mean, you're, you're so diverse in, in everything that you're playing from your dances to the, your collaborations with different musicians and and you're the influence yeah. of jazz on you as well. So yeah, you we I mean we 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 know that we know in a we are in an open world. I mean, um, in maybe in the past it was not so. I mean, uh, let okay, let's say let's say one hundred years ago it wasn't so obvious for the people that we were in an open world. Um, there was no phone, no internet, nothing like that. So. For them, what the music was, was the music of the village, of around the village. And now, look at our situation today. We started to, to talk about the situation, the, 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 the health situation mm. in the world. We know that we are an open world. And what happens to our neighbors uh, far away, because mm. we're in the same village. The village is bigger and bigger. And the music, it's the same we it's it's almost impossible now to be not to be influenced by others because we live with our neighbors besides even in the next house who have a different uh, uh they, they like different music or they have dif they come from another part of the world and that and they brought with them their own culture and because of that, the, the music is, of course, different. And we can see that in the, the evolution of, of traditional music very well. Uh, for instance, well, the one I, I know better, Breton music, changed a lot, a lot. When, when we can see uh, some the very uh, old videos uh, filmed uh, almost well, 100 years ago, we have the first film, and... And we can see the people dancing out there where they were dancing is very different. The swing of the body, the swing of how they are, they used to dance is very different. And of course, that's, that's because of the evolution and the, the opening of, of the music. Um, I suppose that jazz music helped a lot. It's like, it's like, um, uh, it's, it's like a, a cement, uh, a joint between the music that makes it's still, it's still Breton music. It's still the same tune, but the, 
uh, okay, let's call it the swing is here now with a different attitude and people in their body are more smooth as well. Mm. I mean, when we see uh, people before, they were very tough and very strong in their body and, and very, let's say a bit rigid probably as well. But that was part of the culture. And most of the people were farmers. So of course it was hard, hard life. But now we're much more smooth the, 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 in our joints, in our hands, and of course in our mind as well, it goes with it. So the, the body is much more smoother and the music goes with it. The dance as well, because the swing goes with the dance. So it's all much more smoother. So that's, the, that's our opened world today. Is, are there any people who um, uh, object to the changes to the tradition? Are they more stuck in the past and saying, no, 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 it has to be the way it was done, you know, 100 years ago or, you know, 70 years ago or, you know, they don't like the jazz influencer? Yeah, well, interesting question. I, I think, yes, yes, you, you can hear that particularly with some people who don't know a lot. Okay. <laughs> so those people who have not been so far or just have one point of view can object that it wasn't like that in the past, which makes me always laugh a bit because I always, I'm not laughing, I'm smiling a bit when I hear that because I feel like, how do you know? What, what do you know about that? Mm. Uh, we, we, of, nobody knows, even historians are very, are very uh, careful mentioning the past. Because we always know that tomorrow, to, tomorrow well, today we say something and tomorrow we're going to discover that, oh, that's not totally exact what we say because we discovered something new. So saying that, oh, well, in the past it was like that, most of the people saying in the past, it means in their past, their own past, what they know, which means not a lot, obviously, when they start to say it wasn't like that. Mm. And uh, so that's what makes me a bit, smile when I hear that. I'm, I'm very careful. And sometimes I'm almost saying, I'm, I don't know what is Breton music. Uh, I've no idea what is Breton music. It's probably what, what everybody means to be Breton music. Everybody has, has its own meaning of what is Breton music today. And uh, it's, it's meta. I think it's, I suppose it's like in all kind of music. I mean, uh, just ask someone who doesn't like romantic music. He's not he's going to say, oh, I don't, that's not classical music. I just like, I don't know, English or Italian music or French music. That's not, and, and so and so. In jazz music, it's the same. In rock music, just people just listen to the youngsters saying, oh, or the older say, oh, oh, that's not, rock music is not good anymore. Before it was better. It's always but. It's always about your point of view and your own past, your own feeling on that. On that. So, yeah, I suppose, yeah, we hear that people saying, yeah, it wasn't like that in the past. But, no, let's, let's smile about that. How, how much has the harp changed over the years? Because Kamak um, has come up with their electric harps and, you know, it strings maybe carbon fiber instead of gut or, you know, how, has, it, has it changed how you play or how other musicians play like as the harp evolves um yeah oh yeah it changed a lot the the, the um well the the instrument changed a lot and we see that very well with the the the, the tuning pitch first 
Uh, we see that very well because now, I mean, in the 80s, I, I think I got my first harp when, when I was five or no, six years old, something like that. So it's <laughs> a long time ago. And my first, it was a Kamak harp already, a small one, very small one. And it was in, uh, it was in 440, the, the pitch. And now, because at that time, it was, the, the instruments were very solid, very very strong, and it had to be because the technology was very, I'm not say beginning, at the beginning of the, the construction, of course, but for them to build many, many instruments was the way to do it. And now they just say, well, now we can go to 442, and the instrument sounds much, much better, and much. it's not going to crack. Well, it could crack, of course. The, the soundboard could crack any time. But it's still that the, the, the fact is that the, the table, the soundboard is thinner and thinner, and you always can you always can pitch it higher, which means it's stronger. So it sounds better and it's still stronger, which is a very unique mix because it doesn't go together. So definitely for the sound, that helped a lot the musicians because you don't play the same way. And by ear, I mean, when you hear that very well, between 440 and 442, the sound is very different, very unique. The harmonics are, the spaces we mentioned before, and the, the, it's more bright as well. So you don't compose the same way when the, the pitch is going higher. That's, that's one thing. And also, the, of course, the levers uh, or the, the, the levers on the, on the harp changed a lot and it's so smoother now. So you can do almost what you like and very fast, very quick, no noise, mm. just what you need fast. So that's the point. The technological point is very, very, very important for that for the musicians. And of course, I'm not mentioning the electro harp, which is absolutely a fantastic instrument for many, many many things. Hey, do you know why, what was the first idea behind the electric harp? Um, I mean, I know uh, Deborah Henson um, Kona, yeah. like, I mean, I know it was something about the, um, the bicycle, then they use a bicycle frame for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. You know, you know what, I, I was, I was, because I'm on my PhD, I'm working a bit on that as well idea. And I always found interesting the, the fact that the, there is two ideas. There are the musicians' ideas, like you mentioned, Deborah and or Alan Stivell or Christian Nogues, I mentioned before, and all the, the musicians who had wanted to work to develop an electric harp. And there is the the harp makers' idea, and and Joel Garnier from Kamak, his, his idea of making that was okay. No, I'm going to say it the opposite way. The musician's idea was first, they wanted to make an instrument to play on stage mm. loudly with drum kits and with effects like electric guitar and things like that. And, and that's definitely what says Deborah. And that's also what needed Alan Stivell mm. to play with a bagad, like a, it's like the Breton pie band. And Kristen Nuggets as well, at that in the 80s, she was playing with a trio harp bass drum kit. So she couldn't, she had, she needed this instrument to play loud without buzzing, noise, and things like that. But the harp maker, it was totally the opposite way. They were thinking of making an instrument, a harp, that everybody could play at home at midnight without disturbing the neighbors because they had headphones 
and no noise at all. So it was an opposite way totally, and which of course works both fine. It's it's, it's the same that we can do both. But for them, for Joel Garnier first, his idea was to do that this instrument to play, and he was I mean, he, he, there was another idea as well. He was thinking of a class with a lot of electric harps and a teacher with all everybody with headphones, mm-hmm. and and the teachers mentioning to one, okay, you play that and one playing something nobody could hear. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, you play that. And no, you play that. And everybody has own headphones at the, in the same room. Yeah, uh, Roland and Yamaha do that or have done that with um, keyboard classes for, for piano. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was the idea, a totally different idea. So so that was something uh, as well, very, very unique. So to, to come back to your question, yes, definitely with the technology and all of that developed a lot. A lot um, I think we are probably uh, a period, one of the most exciting in history because we not only uh, we only develop a lot of things, but we remember as well. We remember what happened. So we, we, can, we can refer to the musicians and see what, happening, what happened 40 years ago, even 50 years ago. We have recordings and that's something very unique in history. I know uh, Grania Hambly talks about the neo-Irish harp and how it's changed how, um, you know, she can play her ornaments and things like that. And it's so much different than, you know, the harp that, that O'Carolyn would have played. So she's got, yeah. uh, so it's new. So she can, she feels that she can have, she has more flexibility in her arrangements and how she's playing the tunes and things like that. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, if, if I come back to my, what I was saying before for the, the, the videos and the dances 100 years ago, people, if the body, if the people were really very rigid in the body, we can't imagine them playing smooth ornaments or smooth, smooth swing and things like that. So the music definitely was different. Mm. Even Even if we don't have recordings, we can imagine that, we are very, very different, unique sound today, and we're not we're not copying what happened. We're not we just develop another style of music today. But did the harp then play with like the bombard? And if I'm saying that correctly, the um, yeah. So how how did the the harp then like be as loud as I mean? Because that's that can be very loud instrument, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the 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 bombard and the binu, mm. which is the 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 kind of the equivalent of it. it's a small pipe, mm. the very high pitch, the highest pitch in the world. And don't ask me why it happened. It's we don't know in history why. I think maybe two hundred years ago it came one octave higher than all the other pipes, and we have no idea why it happened like that. But um, yes, we that's that's part of it, and. Uh, I mentioned Alan Stivell with his, his idea of electro harp was also one of the points that he wanted to play with the baguette and with all of these pipes and, and bombard and things. So that's, that's something we needed for the harp to be able to play loud, whereas we are the, probably one of the little sound in the world <laughs> if we're not, we've not amplified. So yeah, the... The idea of the electro harp was that. So now we can, um, even if it's not totally electric, the uh, electro acoustic harp definitely works on uh, for that. So I mean, I play with with the drum kit, which is very high as well, and, mm. and cover all of the 
this, the spectrum of the sound. So we need it, we need this amplification for that, which is totally fine because uh, I don't think guitars are asking the same way than we are always because we are, I think we're very particular with the quality of sound on, in the harp world. In the, we really like acoustic sound. Uh, whereas guitar harp players, they don't care about that. I mean, of course they care. They, they like it. I'm not saying that they don't like it, but it's they're much more aware that if they want to play on stage with a trio, with electric, I mean, uh, with uh, with a bass guitar or drum kit, they need electric mm-hmm. guitar. That's all. So they know it. So they they have to do the choice, and that's it's not. Um, it, it's not an opposition. We can play both acoustic and electric sound. Uh, so same for the harp. I think it's part of a dif- different stage, mm. different sound. Well, and the, the electric guitar evolved from jazz too. So um, because the you know the jazz guitarist wanted to be able to play in the bigger big bands and for dance music, and then they needed something that would be amplified. Um, Absolutely, and then it went from the hollow body to the solid body because they couldn't amplify it anymore because the the nature of the instrument. So then the the guitar makers had to make the the solid body guitars or you know the semi solid solid body guitars. So same with the harp, like you were saying. So it just sort of evolves with what people need, you know, for dance for you know. And and it's it's a very different instruments the the electric harp and the acoustic harp. I think we. the, the basic technique is the same, of course, and uh, but we we don't do the same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have both instruments, and I, I really know that I need to adapt myself before I start playing. I need to remember that okay, the sound. I mean, on the on the electric harp, it doesn't. It's it's not as easy as sometimes people think that you just plug a string and it sounds fine and great like that. It doesn't work like that. I think the the, the all the small little noises are much more difficult to control because it sounds like that. It sounds very long, and, and if you do one, if you touch a string, it does a big sound as well. I mean, if it does a big sound for the notes you want to play, it does a big sound for the notes that you don't want to play. So everything is much, much louder, and all the cracks, and you can do the, the, the frizzment you can do as well, sounds much louder and that's very particular on the electric harp and uh, we have to be some I, I, um, I like to compare this instrument with the the wire string harp mm. which is also very difficult in the way that uh, the sound is much much longer much more longer yes. so some somehow the, those two instruments are very similar in that in that matter yeah. not many uh, other matters but in that one yes i was thinking that too because um i know uh you know cynthia cathcart um she's a, a wire strung harpist in in the states but she you know she mentions that when you're learning the wire strung harp you also have to learn how to dampen because it'll it has this bell like mm-hmm. quality and it'll just it has such a long decay that it'll muddy up your you know so it's a whole different technique like you were saying so i can i can see how the electric harp would be the same kind of thing. So you have to worry about dampening more than on a... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Same, same, same approach. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Hmm. Um, but with the electric harp too that Kamek made that it's now portable, that you know you can walk around stage. And so for some musicians, I don't know, maybe more intimate with the audience. If you can walk around and talk to the audience with your harp on, that's a whole different 
new kind of a thing, I think. that Yeah. So just a different evolving way for the instrument. I think the... Uh, again, I mean, our time is, uh, is very unique that we have so many harp players and we can see so many different ways of playing that, of course, we, have, we are much more creative um, because we have ideas. And it's interesting, coming back to the electric harp, uh, many, many people said, oh, I was here. I, want, I, I imagine that first. In the in the 80s, many harp players said that, oh, and, hmm. and all of them were first in inventing that instrument. I think it's part of our world as well, of creating and be very in- inventive. And uh, many, many ideas go so fast because, of course, of the internet. Of course, internet helps a lot. But already in the 80s, there, there were ideas. And when someone has one idea, it's probably because there is this idea through the air, I don't know how yeah. it happens, but it's in the air of, of all time. And uh, and uh, there is different approach in that way, a different concept that came to the same idea of, okay, we have we need to do that. But then, of course, after that, the music is, music is different and mm. everybody has its own uh, way of playing the, the electric harp, for instance. But uh, yeah, I think it's very, very interesting time. I, I'm happy to leave this time. So- so when, when you're playing at, and I'm, I please correct my pronunciation, but when you're you're playing at the uh, Fesno, Fesno, the Fesnos, Fesnos, yeah. Um, do you bring you bring your um, your acoustic electric harp with you so you, it could be heard more, or do you bring your? Yep. Uh, when when I play, well, it it depends. Um, uh, some sometimes when if I play in solo, it doesn't really matter. But we we always amplified. I mean, uh, whatever instrument we play, we always amplified. When I play with my trio, yes, I play. Uh, in fact, I play. I have two harps on stage, the the electric and the other one, which is people which people think it's an acoustic, whereas it's an electroacoustic harp already. So technically, my, my two harps are the same. It's exactly the same, but one has plus an acoustic sound, which probably nobody can very hear uh, from, from the audience, from the dancers. Mm. And uh, if, I play with, yeah, if I play with my bass player and the drum player, I need the electric sound because it's too complicated for... Uh, most of the time in face nose, we do different sets, and um, and we don't have time to for sound check twice mm. or three times during the night. We do twenty minutes, and then another group coming for twenty minutes, and then we come back, and then so we just need to plug uh, the the wire, and then let's go, let's play, and and, it, and the sound goes very quick like that. Mm. So if we had to check uh, for buzzing noises and sounds, that would be too long. So definitely it helps a lot, and I need the electric. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the thing we, I need. Do, do you play with the Bombardin Bino also, or no, just the, your bass player and drums for that? For, for the for the first no, for my well my trio it's only bass and, and drum but I, I played with bombard as well and and uh, then that's also interesting that because the bombard and the binu are very loud so that, mm. so that happens sometimes that we're like that and often when we do when we play a first nose um, 
we, we, we met people we know already. We met all the musicians. It's like in a festival, we had different groups and we all know each other and things like that. So, so most of the time people are going to say, oh, you want to join? We do a one set at the end together and, and that's very nice. And uh, you just arrive with your harp and you plug and then you play and that's it. And you just take on stage, oh, wow, you're with a bombard or three binu or whatever, whatever is on stage. So, yeah, we used to play with any kind of situation, with any kind of instruments, and, and Bombard and Binu are part of them. So that's, uh, I, I don't know, for people who have never heard of Bombard and the Binu, they have to check on, on, on Google or on, and check on YouTube how loud it is, and they would understand what, what I mean. They are very <laughs> loud. <laughs> They are loud. <laughs> I remember when I when I recorded when I, I recorded my my third album Elva and I, I had a, a bombard on a binu two friends of mine Pascal Amour and Dedelomet two famous bombard and binu players in Brittany and uh, I did that uh, a mix I was in Sweden at that time so it's a, a mix with a sound engineer in Sweden. And the guy, of course, never heard of the Bombard and the Binu before. And when I arrived in the studio, he told me, oh, well, you'll be happy. I, I, I put a lot of filters on those two instruments oh, no. because that sounds too loud. And, and he started to play that. And it, it wasn't at all anymore. Bombard and the Binu, it just filtered all the high pitches, the high harmonics. Oh. So and I said, well, I'm sorry to say, but that's that's a real sound. How it's supposed to be. Hmm. And he was he was very surprised. Are you sure you want that noise? <laughs> and I said, yes, it is how it sounds in Brittany. Or I mean, uh, or you love it, or you or you love it, or you hate it. It's just you can't go, you can't handle that noise. <laughs> but if you go for the dance, if you go in a fast nose for dancing, like mm. fast nose is the, the Kelly, like a, a, a Irish Kelly or Scottish mm. Kelly dancing, but in Brittany, so if you go in a fast nose, you hear that instrument, you need that loud, far away, otherwise you don't hear the musicians. You can't have an acoustic harp. Nobody would hear it. Mm. So that's very, that's why first those instruments were very uh, popular and particularly in the middle of the, the 20th century when they had their revival for the Fesnos. And uh, they, they needed that before amplification, all of that. There wasn't, of course, it was, there was amplification, but not for informal Fesnos when people just decided to join and play like that and dance. So they had to have loud instruments. And that's, that's very, very important to have those instruments. And, and Bombard and Bignot were the two very famous instruments for that and very suitable, suitable for dance but then of course now when you when you want to play the harp with them you need amplification and then they have to be far away from you because you don't hear you playing otherwise if you don't have the <laughs> you need a you need you need the 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 speakers the monitors on on stage otherwise you don't hear yourself playing at all even on in acoustic even you don't hear it wow so without the bombardin bino would the acoustic harp be wouldn't be playing at a a fest no because it would be it wouldn't be loud enough basically without or, amplification no without, oh. i mean nobody would hear the harp so I traditionally mean, they, they would wasn't. see you definitely okay <laughs> they would see you playing and making lots of gestures sometimes <laughs> like people see in orchestra <laughs> they don't hear the harp but they see the harp playing playing glisten and, and things like that but 
and then same it would be the same for 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 the, the acoustic harp in the face no, no no chance is there a book of <laughs> is there a book of tunes like that that you um that everyone knows when they're going so you can play together is there like a um, yeah yeah we have let, let's say we have um well in festivals we have but hundreds and hundreds of dances different dances and uh, most of them are much more famous than others because, of course, more well-known and, and maybe easier to dance. And uh, the great, the great, uh, the chance we had in in in, uh, in in history now is that is that we saved a lot of them. Most of the a lot of them disappeared because they were not danced anymore. And of course, we cannot dance. I don't know, 500 dances during the night. That's, so that's not the point. So there are, there are family dances like the Gavot, which is one f- very famous family of dances. But inside those Gavot, there is many, many different kinds, variations of, of the dance. And uh, if you go in a festnos, you you like to dance what you know. You know, I mean, in history, each village as its own dance and you don't dance the other other villagers dances because i mean i mean a long time ago 100 years ago i mean and the villagers uh, they had to it was the closed world i was mentioning before you dance your own village because it's part it's it's to recognize from where you are and who is your family i mean your village where you come from your origins and that goes with the language as well, how you pronounce this word and not this word that way, which is far away from your village. And the dance was the same. So, the, 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 of course, now we are in an open world. Everybody needs, I mean, we are much more open and we want to dance other dances because we know them and it's not, uh, we got the point that, okay, we don't need, to belong to one village, but we are part of the world. So let's dance other dances. So we have very, very famous dances like the, the Gavots, Andro, Hunterdro, Ride, whatever. I mean, Plin. So so many names, probably exotic to you, and that that we know very well in Brittany. And we even don't mention them anymore. Most of the time, musicians in Brittany they're going to start a tune. And people are come to dance and they know exactly which one they have to dance on that tune, that this particular tune, because they are famous and it's like it's it's not entertainment, it's some for some people it's more like a sport or a cultural thing that you belong to, you belong to this family, so you go to the fest nose. It's not it's not um it's diff- it's like yeah, of course it's like Kelly. So if you do Kelly dances, you understand what I mean. But Kelly dances has also the the particularity that you dance with your own partner, whereas in the Fesnos, you dance with anybody. We all dance together and in in um, in round or in line, and it doesn't matter. Uh, you may be with your partner for the first dance and all, and all of a sudden you lost her because you forgot to, to, to be careful and someone came <laughs> into you, between you and her, and, and then you... Well, you see her after; it's fine. <laughs> but then, then you have to you have to do with that, and it and it's very open, and you can dance with any people, any ages, any. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from, old you are. If you have you want to join and you go, and 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 it's fine. So many dances, many ways to dance, and it's 
it's a very unique thing to 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 experiment. And and the singing and dancing or not? It's some some songs I do sing and dance too. Or yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's uh, uh, and it's it's something I, I like to do with the, the harp as well as to sing because it's something we can do. Of course, it's a it's a great capacity. And for the people as well, um, for the for the dancers, they can answer the the, the singers. Hmm. So it's something we did that in Somerset last year. Uh, we had that, and it's interesting how people like to be involved. Mm. Uh, as the dance is not as so difficult that you have to focus only on on what you're doing. You can, as soon as you got the, you let you go your body doing the dance, mm. and you can you free your mind and you feel like singing, dancing, being with others. It's just part. It's a unique communion altogether. So that's something uh, very interesting to sing, dance, and be with others. It is a it is a great community. Yeah, I I remember I danced with one of your one of your pieces a few years ago. Not not last year, but the last time you <laughs> <laughs> was <Yeah>. dancing. How <laughs> was that? It was fun. No, it was a lot of fun. It was. I, I wish more people got up and danced with us. But yeah, it, it was like I, it's not so difficult. No, it's not so difficult. No, I mean I I I, I it sounds like you know your dances are so much fun i mean i would love to go is there a time of the year that they usually happen or yeah, the fest knows, the fest knows? yeah yeah well there's uh well i mean before the lockdown well, I mean, yeah yeah in, uh, in the normal it's, yeah. it's yeah yeah it's all the year normally you could have that online okay. uh, there is a website called tamkreis.com and you can check everywhere in any time where there is a hmm. face note on who plays uh, at this face note because Dancers are very, there is a strong uh, strong communion as well between the dancers and the musicians. Some dancers, they check, of course, um, many of them check wh- who's playing to, to decide where they're going to dance. Hmm. Because um, there are musicians that know that, you know, that they're going to play these kind of dances from this part of Brittany, whereas those musicians are going to play these kind of dances from the other part of Brittany, and they are very different dances. So, so you decide what dance you like and you the sound as well you like. Mm. Some people like very traditional way of music and not so, not so much um, electric things and, or, or off beats and things like that, or arrangements with electric instruments. They don't like that, so they would pre- rather go to a face nose more traditional. Whereas youngsters, they want something more, I don't know, more electric with almost techno music and jazz and things like that, a mixture of those kind of sounds. So you can check online where, what kind of music you want, where you want to go. And, and there is a, for everybody all kind of tests. It's, uh, you decide like, it's like deciding what restaurants where you want to go tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that like part of the reason why you love to teach too? Because you you really want to carry on the the tradition. Um... I la- yeah, well, I think uh, teaching is something uh, very interesting because uh, it. To, of course, I mean, I like, I like, I'm I'm very proud of, of when people ask me to 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 teach Breton music. It's something. Uh, uh, 
something very, very special to me when I'm called abroad to say, okay, can, can we do Breton dances and, and it works? And I see people really enjoying that because sometimes, you know, when, uh, when I mean, I lived in different countries. I lived a year in Ireland, six years and a half in Scotland, a year and a half in Sweden. I travel in many countries and things like that. And when you're all, all the time in Brittany, you feel like it's kind of a normal thing almost to me. Uh, I, I should, and to me, I don't ask myself. But whereas when I'm abroad and with other people, when I teach, I always have to remember that maybe the people here that don't know what I'm talking about and I have to be more clear in my head about and explain a bit more maybe what's going to happen. Whereas my, my pupils, they know better and they know me and they know, I know them, of course. So they know what is Fesno, they know what is Breton dances and what we're going to do on the harp. But in different countries, it's very different. So teaching is very different from one country to another one. You don't do the same thing. And um, for instance, I, I, it, I, I've been three times at Somerset teaching Breton dances and I check, I note, I note all the time what I'm doing because I know that the next time I'm going to have some people who are coming again and say, oh, hi, how are you? And, and I would remember what they've done because I don't want them to do the same. And I need to do, to do a bit more now because they know what I said last time. So that's what I like uh, from teaching is to meet the same people and develop to go a bit deeper in what is the meaning of the music? And finally, at the end, we all met somewhere that it's about the gesture, it's about the posture and how you feel about the meaning. It's nothing about do you like it or not like it. It's more about how do you feel about that? What, what does it call inside of you? And uh, everywhere I've been, I met the same people and enthusiastic about Breton music and Breton dances. And, uh, and, I, and I felt a bit very special coming to explain that what I would, what this little little country in the world has done to uh, as part of the humanity the, the universal culture of the world I feel like something very special in that that uh, I'm proud of yes absolutely and I and I, and I think the more when people hear it they love they love your music they love you know the music of Britney so and wow. the, the joy to hear that. yeah the, the just the joy that you bring the music is just it, it just makes people so um yeah. it's just... and you know what i, I mean I've, I've been uh, i've been to ireland on ireland irish music and i've been to scotland and i, I learned scottish music i've been to sweden i learned swedish music mm-hmm. and i everywhere where i've been i met like having your own particular culture somewhere brings you connections straight away with the others because everywhere I've been, I met people say, oh, well, could you teach me now a Breton tune? And I ask, okay, but you, could you teach me your tune from where you are? And it's an exchange, and we all feel like, okay, let's share that. And it's, it's something very, very, very unique, I think. In, uh, and uh, coming back to what hap- what's happening, the lockdown today, I think we will need definitely to meet again mm. I don't know, maybe three, uh, with Zoom or Skype, whatever, and somehow with video, thing like that. But we definitely disco- need we need those connections because that's but that's what made us human and the, the cultural things we need uh, in this world. All the musicians I met, and particularly in harp music, but all the musicians I know, and when we talked about music history in the in the, the Celtic music, 
they are all going to mention one person. It's Alan Stevel. Hmm. They're all going to mention him. When I, when I, I studied in Ireland uh, at University College Cork in 2001, I remember we had history of the, the Irish music. And Alan Stevel arrived hmm. in that history. Why that? It's because he launched the, the Celtic wave. He launched the, the revival of the Celtic music in 1972 uh, with his album uh, at the, the concert in Olympia. Uh, before that, of course, there was Irish music, there was Scottish music, fantastic and great history. Uh, and there was Breton music, of course. But 1972, all the musicians were well, learn a bit of their origin, where is the music coming from? They're all going to come back to this year, 1972, where, where when Alan Stevel started to play this concert with harp on stage, electric guitar with uh, the Breton musicians, Dana Braz, uh, and they started to play music with his band and they, they, they were, I think there was something like eight millions of people listening to the concert around the world on the radio. Uh, well, probably more in, in, in France and around the world because in 72 there was no internet. So it's probably, I'm exaggerating a bit <laughs> in France, let's say, which eight millions was quite something. And, and, and then from that time after that, well, the year before, 1971, was for the Celtic harp, a great year as well, because it was Renaissance of the Celtic harp. He released, Sam, Sam Alan Stevel released his, its album. Everybody who plays the harp needs to have this album, Renaissance of the Celtic harp, 1971. Of course, there was other harp players before, but nobody was popular than that. And he launched the real thing. I met... Um, well, I was saying, you know, so many musicians just mentioned that year, Alan Stivell, Renaissance of the Celtic Harp. And so many professional musicians today started the harp because of that hmm. album and him playing like that. So, so Breton music was, is popular because of him, of Alan Stivell. And of course, people were interested in travel with the festivals. There is the big international festival, the Lorient and Celtic Festival. Uh, in Brittany, which is one of the biggest Celtic festivals in the world, and uh, between 600 and 700,000 of people every year, well, cancelled this year, mm. of course. But it's like that for, for I don't know, 30, 40 years, something like that, 40 years. And, uh, and so everybody who are interested in travel a bit knows about Breton music, they, they know about it. And now there is also competitions, music, music competitions. Like I remember when I was in, um, in, in Glasgow, in Scotland, when I lived in Glasgow, the, during the Celtic, uh, Celtic Connections, there is, um, there is a pipe competition co uh, called uh, the Duncan Gordon Competition. Uh, or there was a Gordon Duncan Competition. And anyway, he, and they had, they invite three pipers, I think, and, well, it was like that when I was in Scotland, maybe the change now. Uh, and they had uh, one from Ireland, one from Scotland, one from Brittany. Each of, of the, them has to play, each of them has to play 15 minutes of Irish music, Scottish music, and Breton music on the pipes. Hmm. 
And if you come to, to the Celtic, uh, the Lorient Celtic Festival, there is a day for the harp, there is the harp, the Celtic harp days, which is the last Saturday of the festival. There is a masterclass in the morning with a fantastic harp player. And then in the afternoon, there is a harp competition. And at night, there is a concert. And during the competition, you have to play uh, 10 minutes of music with at least one tune from the country, the, the guest country of the year. So it's always a Celtic country in the world. And also one Breton tune. So everybody who comes has to play at least one Breton music. So I remember when I was in Scotland, I had people, musicians, knocking at my door. Oh, could you teach me a, a Breton tune? I need one to go to Lorient or to, or to play at the Duncan Gordon pipe competition. And, and of course, yes, it's part now of the, the world. But it's not so well known as, if, if it was your question, as Irish or Scottish music, because there is not some, the, there is not so much immigration uh, of Breton musicians. I mean, uh, in the US, there is so many Irish and Scottish people, not so many Breton. So yes, but anyway, I mean, in the hard world, I think we, let's say that we're doing pretty well uh, at the moment uh, with many festivals. With uh, I've been. I mean, Europe, in the US, in Canada, in, you know, whereas in Russia, in Japan, there is everywhere and people playing Breton music. This year is the 20th anniversary of the Somerset Folk Harp Festival. That's where we met, mm -hmm. which I'm, I'm very grateful that we met there. Um, yeah. And they are doing a big celebration of uh, Turlgo Carolyn's music. So I don't know if you um, have a favorite you know, I mean, I played a lot of uh, Caroline, Caroline music, and uh, but it's very in Brittany, it's very popular as well. His music is is very very popular, and uh, I played many tunes in different occasions, and each one uh, is related to this particular occasion. So I think that saying that I have one favorite tune w wouldn't be very fair with all of the occasion I had developing music with my friends mm -hmm. or. And uh, so I can't say that I like one tune better than the other one. I think the style, I really like his style of kind of mixing Baroque and old Irish harping music. It's something very unique, I think, that we miss definitely in Brittany. We don't have that old, old music. We mentioned of uh, the different uh, mixture between traditional music. It's the same in his, in, in his music. We can find jigs, we can find more you know slow air marches thing like that they're all very different and very different different for different tastes different moments so uh, yeah yeah sorry i'm not answering your question no no no, no that's okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> no very good point but you know what um in in his time he was um you know mixing the traditional music with um with the popular music at the time too and i'm sure some people were like oh that's not traditional music, you know, when they think of O'Carolyn because he was bringing yeah. in the Baroque into yeah. what he was doing, you know, maybe partially because of how the popularity and because his patrons liked it because the piano became so popular. I, I, I mean, I found something very interesting because um, if, if we uh, do a relation with other kinds of music, uh, in historical music, um, I find very interesting that... Uh, of, is is not is not a traditional musician. 
he's not a baroque musician is something in between and herit- uh, has the inheritance of the Irish harp tradition. Mm. So it's, it's a something different, but it's very interesting that because of course it sounds so baroque and his music and of course from, from the fashion of his, his own time. But when you are when you are a hard player and you arrive in a, in a in a in a in a pub in a session with musicians and people see you playing the harp and say oh you know Caroline let's <laughs> play some music and it's very interesting because he's a very unique person that they mention his name in in sessions he's probably the only one sometimes most well i think i think if there is one person they mention they're all going to mention ocarolan they probably know that he's a guy from the past but don't know the dates and things like that but it's like i mean imagine that you arrive in a session and people say oh you play the violin do you know bach can you play bach <laughs> and they start to play a, i don't know some, a concerto from bach and things like that right. nobody would do that with other musicians mm. but caroline and that's something very unique. I found that he's, he's, a, he's an opening window, is an open window from the past, very, very precise in history that came to you straight away. That's if it's not tradition, I don't know what it is. That's, yeah, I never thought of it that way. That's a, that's a beautiful way to think about it. That it's true, though. Every every Irish session I've been to, I'm like, okay, we'll do some jigs and reels. They're like, play some Carolyn. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's sort of like, oh, I speak your language. <laughs> you know, so they... Exactly, so, exactly. Uh, and they're proud. Other musicians are very proud. They say, okay, this guy is playing the harp. I know harp musicians. You know, they all know he's a harp player, Carolyn. Speaking of harp musicians, I, I don't know if you, if you mind, we talk about the... Uh, the is it the the collective harp that you you do with like Clotilde, Toulard, and um, there's like five other Nicolas, yeah, Nicolas, Nicolas yes. Christine, and Alice, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that still like? I mean, once we're allowed to be outside again, is that <laughs> happening still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we worked. Uh, well, I mean. Uh, uh, Parenthesis, we were very lucky for that because we had a, a, a program, uh, a repertoire based on a Kristen Nogues. We, we, we started mentioning her uh, at the beginning of the interview. Because uh, like, I mean, four years ago, uh, a companion, uh, Jacques Pellen, who was a fantastic guitar player, he passed away because of the, of the, 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 the virus and uh, he passed away a month ago. And uh, he, he, he was a fantastic guitar player, and he had uh, all Christian Snogues' music in his fingers. He was able to play all of it and remembers all of the music when she composed it and things like that. He, he was one of the first informers, you say that, informers to me for my PhD. Mm-hmm. I mean, I learned a lot from him, that's what I mean. Uh, and uh, he was the artistic director of a project we, because he, he was four years ago. I contacted him and uh, he said, "Well, it would be nice to play Christian's music again." And I, and I mentioned the collective harp I was uh, where I was, and I said, "What about playing a music with only harps mm. on stage?" And first, he was, he never, I mean, at that time, the collective was just started, uh, just started uh, very recently, and uh, there was no project together, artistic project. So 
he was interested and in, in, intrigued probably as well and because he knew so much about Christian's music, how it had to sound with improvisation and electric sounds and, and so like that. So, but he, he, he was happy to do that. So we started and we, we were five, so five harps on stage. Uh, you could have, you can have examples, probably put that online. Uh, uh, I will, I mean, yes. After the interview to, to, to show a, a YouTube video on that. So we, with five harp players on stage with two electric harps, two acoustic harps and me on the electroacoustic harp. So no drum kit, no bass, nothing, just harps. And that was part of the challenge that he was a bit intrigued, intrigued because he said, well, the difficult thing in Christian's music is the rhythm. You need a drum kit. You need a drum to make sure that everybody's the same speed, same swing and doesn't go out of the rail, <laughs> out of the track. So, and, uh, but we, the challenge was for us to say, no, we are the collective harp. We just play five harps. We try that. And so mm. we did it. And so we had a lot of rehearsals and a lot of concerts, rearranging our music for the five of us. So for three years, we played that music. And, and I'm glad that we did it before the lockdown arrived. Mm. Fortunately, I mean, and we had no, no gigs to cancel because now the, the program, I mean, we, we played a lot, a lot that program. And it was very, very great. But for now, we, we decided not, well, it's, it's very complex because we need, uh, we're not only five on stage, we also, we also one person for the light and one person for the sound as well in the audio. I mean, we, for the sound check and things like that during the concert, we need someone who knows what we're doing, who's starting to improvise at that time and who's stopping and who's what's happening. So that's, that's a full, uh, it's a real show actually. You know, if you see the, the colors and there was, uh, uh, there is uh, lights and uh, stagecraft as well on the stage with, around that. So we don't talk, <laughs> we mm. don't talk at all. We sing, there is Christine Marianne who sings as well during the, the show. And, uh, but we don't talk at all. It's like uh, we're going from one tune to another one, mixing things like that smoothly like that and di showing different styles and things like that. So the, that was the main project we had. And, uh, and uh, so now we am glad we, we finished that, the project. I, I would be happy to keep playing that, of course, but it takes a lot of energy and we're not a band. I mean, we're not band we just five harp players meeting together at that time on stage but it has it asks uh, a day to settle all the stage with the instruments and and the, the lights and things like that and we need one day to rehearse together because we need the the sound sound to 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 practice we can't just it's not just one room when the the five of us are with your harp and you can play like that it's fine no we really need the amplification system around us to work to practice so that it takes lots a lot of time and, and room of course and and uh, that's uh, that was something very interesting so we it was a nice uh, tribute to Christian's music, I think, to me, uh, I was very proud to be part of it. Did you record an album of that music, or is there there's just a live recordings? Uh, we we had live recordings, yes, okay. but uh, we haven't been we haven't done it. We have not finished it. But uh, well, we since we are you know the problem with musicians is that we all have different 
projects <laughs> happening at the same time. So, and with that, that was something with the five of us as well. Is that at, at some point, I mean, for three years we stayed mostly on that project because it was very, very, very important to, for all of us and very demanding as well. But now we kind of start doing our own things. We are, I have my trio. Everybody has its own pro- different groups, and it's very difficult to make to say, okay, can we meet all together and decide mm. what we're doing with this recording? So it takes now ages, but we definitely need to 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 go to release this this album. I think. So the harps to do they're yeah. going to have. Um, well, two years ago there was a, a series of conference at the the World Hub. Uh, what was it? What was the name? The World Harp oh, Con- Congress, the World Harp Congress conference. Yes, yes. in Limerick two years ago, and um, and they, I, I was invited to 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 come uh, and do a conference on on Christian Nogues and what are my PhD uh, subject, mm. and and mentioning as well all the revival. There was three days of very interesting conferences, and you know I, I, I mean I, I'm I'm reading many many books on history of the harp and I'm very interesting at each time and for years I've been reading a lot about same things repeated from books to books mm. and at some point you I felt like okay there's no more nothing else to say about the Celtic harp obviously but the, the last few years few years have been very very prolific I mean it's been very interesting and during the uh, I mean uh, the books were coming from the last few years I don't know, maybe 10 years, maybe a bit more, I don't know. Uh, but more and more, there's more and more uh, studies and coming and and with modern tools, all these new tools within the hub bring lots of new new informations. And uh, it's so interesting. I mean, um, for, I mean, I, I keep, each time there is a book coming on the hub, I buy it because I know that some, if even I have a pile I've not read yet because I don't have time, <laughs> I know that at some point I'm going to read that and I find, oh, that, the, she or he said that already at that time and there's new things coming. And uh, from the conference two years ago in Limerick, I, I realized there is so much coming and so many things are going to say in the next few years. I was just amazed by the knowledge that we have. Um, I mean, we know about O'Carolan's life. I mean, or just read O'Sullivan's uh, books or... Donald Sullivan or, or th- so many other books, but there's new things and people bringing new things, ideas, and, and the knowledge is getting better and better. It's amazing this time again. Well, I mean, you're, you're contributing to it, of course, with all of your studies and writing. I, 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 well, I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> you, you started playing when you were very young. I think you said you mm-hmm. were five, did you say? Or, or? Well, six, six and a half. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm coming from a, a great inherited tradition, and all my family plays the harp since the, huh. the 14th century. Oh, no, I'm joking. But everybody, you almost had me. Everybody would like to hear that. Oh, wow! But no, I'm sorry. No, I'm no. sorry to say that. None of them are musicians. Oh. <laughs> but uh, they were, my, my parents were artistic. They were in the theater world. So that's probably what, I think I'm more an, 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 a player, artist, theater player than musician some, sometimes. Hmm. But, uh, no, uh, I, I remember when I was, uh, I have image when I was four years old, I was interested by 
pipe organ. I remember me running to, to see, in churches, to see those pipe organs. But uh, I, think, I think my parents really thought I wanted to play pipe organ. Hmm. And that's probably the image I would have, I would have left to them. And, but in fact, I remember, because you have to understand, in the, well, I'm born 76, so when I was four years old, uh, 80s, something like that, there was no electric organ. So maybe there was, but in, in churches, it was all mechanic, mechanic organ. So there was someone playing the organ, as they, they do now, still the organist. But there was someone in the back pumping the mm. air with its feet, you know, there was sure, pedals yeah. and pumping like that. And I think I was fascinated by that, hmm. by, um, by the motion of that. And definitely for the people who didn't know me, they thought probably I wanted to play the organ, whereas I was fascinated by that. And hmm. I suppose that my parents, when I mentioned once, because I saw a harp in the Lorient Festival when I was five years old, and I said, well, I want to play that. And I, they were probably m more happy for me <laughs> than thinking, oh, they have to carry me every week or every day to the church to play the organ. I'm thinking <laughs> I wanted to do that. So they, that, that was me uh, definitely hooked to mm. the, 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 the harp. And I was lucky that a year later, when I was six and a half, so I started musical theory in a, in a, in a school in a traditional music school, only traditional music. And, uh, and I started, uh, I was lucky that a year later, I was six and a half then um, when the uh, harp teacher started to, to teach the instrument. So I, I was able to, to start. Hmm. But uh, in, yeah, in the eighties, it wasn't in Brittany, there was no, no, not so many harp teachers and no, the music schools were mainly only classical music and uh, there was no traditional music at all. You had to learn with someone else and just informal lessons like that. So when I started, it was the real time when it started to, to become more academic, mm. let's say that way. I don't know if it's a nice word, but it, it was in an institution and uh, in a school. And then it became the, 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 the Celtic harp started, was introduced in the music schools because of the pedal harp and it was easier for the teachers to get small harps mm. cheaper easier to carry and for the children it was enough for them but then it, there was it wasn't taught as a traditional instrument and then that we just had to wait a few years later then they decided to open the traditional departments uh, breton traditional music within the music schools mm. i was at the time when it was possible to start to play only the Celtic harp, whereas before me, most of the children had to play on the pedal harp if they wanted to play the harp. And uh, not, not mentioning what kind of music you wanted to play. Even if you wanted to play, uh, to play the traditional harp, you would have to play on the pedal harp. There was no instruments. Hmm. Wow. Oh, just a few of them. I mean, uh, when, uh, when Stevel started, so he started, in 53, he was nine years old, and his, his father made his own his, his harp. He, he was one of the harp makers from the revival of wow. the, the Celtic harp. And it's difficult to understand that, but uh, yeah, mm. in the when Kristen Nogel started, she was she, she was eight years old, so in uh, 1960. And there was no Celtic harp from I mean like that on the market, so. 
coming from Paris, she she bought a harp from Japan, from Aoyama, uh, which is funny because mm. the, the revival of the Celtic harp goes through Japan somehow. And uh, and then because of Alan Sivell and of the great popularity uh, uh, in the, during the 60s, the, the harp makers uh, remembers they remember they, they remember that all of a sudden there was a huge demand in Celtic harp. All of a sudden they didn't know. I think it's even before. I think it's uh, 1955 or something like that. Uh, all of a sudden. Before it was just for them to renovate an Irish harp from Ireland or from Morley. Morley harp, the harp maker was there, and uh, from Japan, from Aoyama, there was some few harps. They were just renovating harps mm. in Paris, and all of a sudden, in 1955, there was a, such a demand that they had to make harps, to build harps, and in one or two years, they had to make. Series. I don't know. You say that uh, harps in, to make harp in series, uh, like a manufacturer. Right, right. Uh, build more and more and more so that to make uh, like an industry of harps of Celtic harps only. And Kamak harp came from that time when they had such a demand and they had they had work and they had ideas of okay, we need to we could live from making harps. And that was the seventies that and I arrived at the time when it was almost possible to learn the harp from a teacher mm. whereas before it wasn't the case you just uh, you, you had to learn from a classical teacher from a pedal harp teacher or 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 you had to learn from yourself just inventing your own technique which is fine for many of them uh, made great music from that and very different music from the classical technique but uh, so it was a very interesting time when they we, you could, you were at the time when everything was possible. Everything was possible, and uh, and I arrived. I saw that developing things, uh, but just just after when they had to invent things, really recreate the, the traditions and things like that. We don't have so much. We don't have historical instruments, for instance. We don't have that in Brittany. Uh, it doesn't mean that there was no instruments. That would be surprising. That there was harps in Ireland, Scotland, and we, have, we had so many links with Brittany, and we didn't know the Celtic harp. That would be very surprising. And we had uh, we have paintings, we have uh, sculptures, we have um, uh, poetry as well, where people mention the Celtic harp a lot, a lot, a lot. But in the 19th century, that's true that I mean, we see that very well in Ireland, the, how the, 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 the harps started to uh, disappear and, I mean, in history. And in the 19th century, it's a very particular time that there was, it was time to preserve it or it would disappear totally. And uh, in, in Brittany, we didn't have the, that chance that we didn't have uh, music or things related to the old Breton harp. So we have named we we have names of harp players we have things like that but we don't know what music they were playing, mm. and uh, in the 19th century we the harp survived a bit like in Ireland actually there is an article a very interesting article about the poetry in Ireland in the 19th century how the 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 poets uh, did the transition between them they maintained the link of the tradition of course symbolically there was no more music. But 
mentioning the harp and how where the how were the harp players before. And it's the same in Brittany. We have the same poets mentioning the harp and calling for his coming back. Uh, and uh, but there was probably, I mean, there was harp players in the. We have a picture in 1911th, so beginning of the 20th century, 1911th, of um, a druidic a druid, you know, the druidic conf- uh, conference or a meeting in Brittany with uh, a bard uh, who plays the harp, and he has he has a Morley harp, uh, so not not a Breton harp, but he had he had a Morley harp, and we know that the Scottish harp player uh, Eloise Russell Ferguson. She was from the the Hebrides, and she she traveled all over the world. And one of her t- at a time, she came to Brittany and brought a harp as well. And many people in Brittany saw her and mentioned her, and and, uh, and we have recordings from her, by the way. And uh, there is a book written on her history, and uh, she meant. Uh, she was in Brittany, and many people was interested and said, "Well, there is no reason why Irish people and Scottish people play this harp. We need to recreate that." And uh, harp makers rebuilt the harp from that time. Uh, someone called uh, Gildas Jaffrenou, uh, who married a, a Welsh harp player as well, and, and been to to Welsh. I think he passed away in two thousand. And he, he started to rebuild harps as well uh, with the uh, idea of making Breton music on this harp. And then, and then the Alan Stevens' father had the same idea in 1953. So see the, the time, that was the start of the beginning of the revival of the Breton, of the Breton harp, but not only the Breton harp, the, the Celtic harp as well, as I was mentioning. Right. Uh, it was part of the the idea of, okay, with the Celtic world is coming back and the harp as well is part of it. Yeah, it's beautiful, you know, bringing that music back and, and trying to rediscover what it sounded like. Just just look at O'Carolan. Mm-hmm. He was influenced by Baroque music. So we all did mix those music from our own time. Um, it was definitely, it was different. I mean, if he played that music, it, because his own... Uh, uh, his time was like that, of, and people wanted that mix of music, so he was part of it. And as we are today, with maybe jazz or other influenced music, we are we are open to those uh, those styles. So it's uh, it's always been like that, and it's I I, I think, to my in my opinion, we've never been so uh, rich in the Celtic harp world today. Oh. I mean, um, sometimes I hear I can hear that. I think well, to me. Uh, the Celtic harp is the is probably the most developed harp in the world mm. uh, today. I mean, uh, there is many harps in in Africa, different kinds of things like that, but none of them can re- can have so many uh, diversity than the Celtic harp all over the world. I mean, you have that in all all the continents. People playing the Celtic harp today. Uh, so I don't know with pipes. It's probably the most uh, developed instrument in the world, all over the world. But the Celtic harp, among the harp, is yes. probably the most uh, popular oh. instrument in the world. Yes, from, absolutely. From the harps. See uh, at Somerset, uh, at, after the concerts, 
people just join and play all together. It doesn't matter that. I mean, we don't, see, I mean, you could, there is other very affordable instruments in the world that you could play. But people decide to come in this part of the world with this instrument because of the cultural thing. They want to belong to the family. Mm. They feel like as soon as they reach, they sit in the session. You don't need to show your ID card, you know, right. or show that you're not, you don't have the the virus or whatever. You just play, you know. Yeah, it's just <laughs> you what just your fingers play. can do. Yeah, it has nothing exactly. to do with where Nobody you're from. Nobody's going to ask who, who you are, where you're coming from. They just say, "Oh, what can you play?" Yeah, and you play, and that's it. It doesn't matter where you're from and how you are. Just play. The the harp festivals are very, very, very unique and, and very, uh, very. Would say um, there's so many of them all over the world. Mm. Um, I mean, that's it's something like uh, uh, you don't see in other instruments. I'm very amazed each time I see uh, all those people. And I mean, I, I don't see ages mm. when I have students in a classroom. People, uh, even my, sometimes my pupils, they uh, I have all kind of ages from six to eighty years old, and and and, and some of them say are kind of um, sometimes they apologize to be there. Uh, they feel like they say, oh, but are oh, you losing your time with me? I'm too old and never do what you you asking for. I said I'm not asking anything. You know, yeah. you just if you want to play the harp, you can just. Just look what I do. What do you feel? Mm. Are you happy? What do you feel when you play something? And said, yeah, but you you probably want me to play that, and I can't play as fast. I say, I'm never asking that. Mm. Uh, you compare to yourself. I'm not. I'm not responsible for that. You, you, what do you want to compare? I never compare to to that. If you want to do something, you can definitely. And in a workshop, I always like to have different abil- abilities, capacities, ages. Mm. I found that so interesting because, of course, the youngsters, they want to play fast and they can and they don't, they don't care about what's happening. And, and sometimes they push a bit too much, the, 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 the older people, but sometimes they learn from the youngsters, learn from the others as well, how to do that. And uh, that works as well. That works very fine. So uh, I, I feel like it's a real, um, it's the real image of the society. Of family, I mean, uh, maybe maybe a little bit too much girls, <laughs> <laughs> just a little. Bit. But you know, it's like in your food, you know, a little bit too much salt. You know, <laughs> girls are salt. But there's some harp cultures where it's mainly men playing the harp, and there aren't a lot of women playing the harp. So absolutely, maybe it's to make a it's to it's to do a, a balance with southern harp music, you know, American southern. Harp. It makes with the rest of the world, it makes a, a, a harmony like that. But I mean, it's quite. I mean, this apart from the the gender part. Mm. The harp world is really is really quite on an image of the society with all ages, and and I never had someone saying, uh, saying, uh, oh no, I'm too young or I'm too old. Without real, I mean, without, I mean, uh, sometimes people come with that saying, am I too old? Am I too young? But my my pupils never think like that when when I show they can play. They always come with this this idea that. Or they're too old, or they're too slow, or they're too that, or they're too that. But 
it's my part as a teacher to show them that it doesn't matter I mean, how, what, what's, how they are, they, they can do something. And uh, it's uh, showing that it's a bit like in the face nose, uh, again, we talk, mentioned that before, the face nose, it's all ages, all situations and things like that. So the, the heart world is really about that. And uh, it brings, to me, it brings stability in a group when we have all these capacities and these ages and cultural things. That's not, we don't live in a closed world with just, uh, I don't know, girls from 20 to 30 years old or, or 15 to 20 years old. You know, it's something very wide open with different ages, cultures. And, and that's, that's a very important thing to me to keep that, that those uh, diversity of people and cultural backgrounds. Oh, absolutely. I, I was at a festival and the woman next to me was in her 90s and she had just started playing the harp, you know, um, mm. and she just, because she loved it and you could see the joy on her face when she picked yeah. it up. And I'm like, that's the whole point. Like, that's the whole reason why you should be doing it, you know, or if you see like a little exactly. eight-year-old, you know, playing the harp, you know, with the, the youth harp ensemble that um, that Kathy has at the festival that, you know, a lot of Robin Gordon Cartier's students come from her public school and, and play. And then other kids come in and, you know, they're eight-year-olds playing with like 18-year-olds um, from all different backgrounds. And they're all just, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and, and then they're amazed like, oh, wow, you play so well. And then the whole conversation starts and then that understanding through the music which is yeah. so beautiful. You know, I think that's... Well, uh, I, I, uh, when I have those, particularly, I mean, the, the the people, when they come the first time to the harp, they have these kind of sparkles in the eyes mm. and they say, oh, are you sure I can play? <laughs> and they you know they, they're kind of, well, it's not, it's impossible. And, mm. and when they start to play, just they plug just few strings, they feel like... They feel like you know the great happiness they could, and they never had that. I don't know, maybe. And uh, and the thing as a teacher, is, I think, is to maintain those sparkles. Mm-hmm. It's because after when they started to play tunes, and they realized that they would have to work and to repeat and blah blah blah, and it's going to be fast or too much that or too, uh, and and so and so, and they sometimes they lose that, and I, I always come back to hey. Remember the first time you played the harp. Mm. Okay, forget that difficult things. We make it easy for like that. But come back to your your enthusiasm, the enthusiasm you had first time. Yeah. And then it's so easy for them. They just they don't care about playing fast or slow or missing a chord or not. They just feel like they are, they really belong to that family and they're happy with that. Mm. See, I mean, how the how the harp players are passionate about their instruments. It's not just playing a tune, it's knowing about your history, mm. the history of your instruments and what region comes from, what 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 does tune where where does it come from, this tune and how do you dance it? And with what instrument you can play with and and so and so and even the color of your instrument, I don't know, <laughs> so many things and the, the the texture of the strings mm. and the sound. I mean, it brings all kind of um, different subjects in that, and we could we could talk uh, yeah. as obviously we did for hours and hours. 
<laughs> yes. Without, without being tired. I mean, I'm no, so no, bright. no, no. And, and, and like, and I love, like when I first started studying Irish music, I loved that people would say, I learned this tune from so-and-so and they learned it from this person. And then they learned it from that person's grandmother. And, you know, and I just love that whole lineage and the, um, the connection, you know, to the yeah. past. So, we're, we're lucky to have this history. We're very lucky. There are not so many instruments with such a great history. I mean, mm. it's like, it's all, it's an epic history. It is. Uh, with um, almost the end of the instrument and then the revival. I mean, it's like a dramatic history. Mm. And we have characters with strong characters and harp players who were drunk in history and some, some who were blind and some and some fantastic heroes and, and I mean yes. we could make a film on that. that. Some and worked with the kings and they were like the right hand to the exactly. kings and the storytellers yeah. and the historians and then they got kicked out. <laughs> and then they yeah, exactly. and then they I mean, went to France. A lot of them went to France. Um, when they got kicked yeah. out of Ireland too, so yeah, I mean, just uh, I mean, uh, sometimes I imagine what would be this history if you were playing trombone, you know? Okay, the history <laughs> with the trombone, I mean, it, it, they would hate me. I, I mean, I know I have friends playing trombone, but it's not a problem. But, I mean, no. The, what, what would be the history of the trombone of the heroes of playing the trombone? I mean, <laughs> see what I mean? It's yeah, it's, it's not the thing. It's not as romantic of a history. <laughs> yes, something like that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 accordion, yeah, <laughs> yeah, same yeah, kind of or thing. the gimbard so, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, didgeridoo history. Probably didgeridoo was probably very epic as well. For which one? The didgeridoo. Oh, the didgeridoo. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. I, I had a friend that made a didgeridoo out of uh, pipe, like plastic piping. And See, modern times, modern so, times. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, next time can we talk about the didgeridoo? We can. We can do like two hours on the didgeridoo and we'll just sit there uh, and, and just like a few whoa. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um so where so where can people find you and find your music too? So I know your website and I will put the links up for that as well. Um Yeah. Um but for now, people can find me in my house because I'm still almost <laughs> locked down. <laughs> Watch out, people might take you up on that. So. <laughs> Knocks on door. Uh, yes. Uh, so they, uh, but otherwise, yeah, on YouTube, they can see me, a uh, few videos, but through my, I mean, everything is uh, centralized, actually, I don't know, centralized on my website. Okay. So they could have, uh, could listen, they could buy books and CDs and things like that. But, um, and read your blog my, too. Yeah, read the blog. Yes, yeah. well, there is um, particularly some articles about physiotherapy uh, on the for the heart, and that's uh, that's a good start introduction to to know what about what is the right posture because that's mm. something I'm very uh, aware that the the people today are coming to your class with a very very bad postures, and uh, it's something I'm very aware that we don't do anything good if you're doing bad to your body first. So it's it has to be correct first before we start imagining we could play something. Mm. So there is a, there are articles on on yes on the on the postures and uh, and few as you say lots of eclectic things on, on it. And no, it's great. I've not been writing a lot because of the PhD at the moment, but. Uh, Thank you so much for 
for talking with me today. This wow, was like, it just sure. flew by. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I hope that, you know, we'll be able to see you soon. Thank you so much for, for being here, for your energy, for your positivity, for, you know, your excitement about life and music and the harp. And thank you. Thank you yeah. for asking those questions. I like, I love that. Thanks for listening to Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast. Dive into the show notes at moonoverthetrees.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. 